Um, Steve Whitten is a phenomenal resource. He lived in Thailand, has been going to Thailand numerous times. He's probably been there 50, 60 times. Um, and he got a heart for the Thai people, the, the Thai people. Learned the language, lived with them for 10 years. Started church ministry, helped orphanages, and, and uh, I visited some of those orphanages, AIDS orphanages, and... and Oh, gut-wrenching, real stuff. Steve and Anne are the real deal. I want to invite Steve up right now. God bless you, Steve. Give him a hand clap. Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Okay. Who, who really connected with Pastor Julie when she was talking about coming through a hard season and this was a new decade? Wh- whose heart leapt a little bit there? When, uh, when, when she was saying that, God just dropped the word jubilee into my spirit this morning. And, uh, you know, see, I believe in Jesus every year is a jubilee, or it can be. But sometimes God, God does move in seasons. Ecclesiastes tells us that. There's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap. And there's sometimes there's a time to go deep in foundations. And I've found that those times when we go deep in foundations, they're usually not party times. Yeah? They're, they're times where, you know, because to go deep, you've got to dig some stuff up. And sometimes... If you've been like Phil and lived through the 70s, there's some stuff in there that's painful to dig up, yeah? Because sometimes life is not a, a bit of roses. But I really feel like God's saying to you this morning, if you're prepared to step out and to believe Him, He's going to declare over you a jubilee. And, and this is what it was like in the, in the Old Testament. They never had welfare. So what had happened is when they got into debt, when they got into poverty, their family would be sold into slavery and they'd just be slaves. But God said, I'm not going to allow this to go on forever. Every seven years, I'm going to declare a jubilee and those that were sold into slavery are set free. Those that had to mortgage and sell their land, their family land, get their land back. So... For those of you this morning that have been in situations and you've seen your resource go away from you, just lift your hand this morning. Father, over these ones I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, Jubilee in 2020. God, that you would restore the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm and every other kind of worm has eaten. And God, that you would restore into their bosom, according to your word, pressed down, shaken together, running over blessing and peace and joy and fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. No, that's good. I'm only short. Literally, seriously, Julie was taller than me when she came to Thailand. She's only 14. It's all right. I can, I've lived with her all my life. I can live with it now. We got some. We got some slides. Uh, are we ready to go with those? We're just going to throw them up. I want to talk to you this morning about being transformed in the secret place. And uh, just get your head around this scripture. This is just. There's some things in this. These two verses that are just amazing. As Moses went into the tent, what happened is, as as 
Moses and the people of Israel were traveling from Egypt to Canaan. On that journey, there was no uh, established, they had no church building. They didn't have a, what, what did you call it? What, what were those people that did so into the building and all that sort of jazz? You had a name for it. Vision builders. They didn't have vision builders. They just had some tents. And what happened is Moses used to set up a tent just a little bit away from the camp. And when he wanted to go to meet with God, he'd go down to the tent and God was watching. And when Moses went into the tent, the Bible says that the spirit of the Lord came down, would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke to Moses. And then it skips over a verse to verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Come on. Face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, the son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Some of the other translations says he would not depart from the tent. He'd been in the presence of God. He got a hankering for it, and he didn't want to go out of that place. And so I want to take this this morning. We're going to pray in a second. I want to take this, uh, this scripture and, and use it um, to form the basis of where I want to go with this. There's two things I want you to notice here. Number one, Moses initiated the contact with God, not the other way around. Isn't that, isn't that flabbergasting? It wasn't like Moses was sitting up at his tent with one eye on the tent, you know, up at his little house tent and looking and the cloud comes down. Oh, God's here. I'll go. No, no, no. Moses went down and when God saw Moses come down, he came down. Moses initiated the contact. And the other thing I want you to see is God spoke to Moses like a friend face to face. And I tell you, by the time we're finished here today, if you've not been in that place, you're going to be ready for it. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you that you are the God that draws us into the secret place. God, I know, I know that Moses went down and initiated the contact, but God, it was your spirit that drew him down. Lord, because that's who you are. You're constantly drawing us into your presence. And today, Lord, I pray as we open up your word, God, that you would speak to us. God, you would open up the word to us. Lord, you'd open up our minds to understand the word. You'd open up our hearts to receive the word. And God, your word would do its work in our life today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, in uh, the next, next slide, we're going to go straight to the next slide from uh, Psalm 92. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Pastor Phil, there's that word again, trust. Trust. Trust is what faith looks like when it comes out. You know, like when we believe, what that looks like in us is trust. See, if I believe in Andrew, I trust him. Pastor Phil believed in him and he trusted him with his daughter. And there's been good fruit come out of that. I've seen all these little mini jillies run around everywhere. Like, you could never lose those kids, you know. They're stamped, those ones. When I was a a young man, right from the earliest time, music has been my secret place. Music and worship has been my secret place. I'm a twin. I've got a twin sister. She, 
she doesn't look like me, fortunately, because that would be a really, that'd be a cross to bear for a woman. My mum had two sets of twins. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I've even had people say, identical? You want to rethink that question? But when we were two, we, we lived in a, in a suburb of Sydney called Roseville, and we lived with my grandmother. My grandmother was born in 1896, so uh, she was, I, I grew up with the definition of ancient of days. She was just old from, from when I can remember, you know. She, I was born in 57, so you do the maths. She was already probably my age. Oh, <laughs> God, kill me. Um, and so we used to go, and there was, so being that age, the whole suburb was populated with old people which was great for us. We used to go and stand at the front gate. The gate was locked so we couldn't get out. And we used to entertain the people with our songs. We have little concerts for all the old people shuffling past. It was cool. And, and so for me, it was easy to gravitate into, into church choirs and, and then into worship music. And it's been a significant part of my life all the time, which has been great. But... It, was also not so great because for me that became that's the secret place that that's it that's the definition of the secret place it's, it's that worship time and that's it that's not that's not secret place this is secret place and God began to to show me some things and one of the first inklings of that was how many are old enough to remember chariots of fire I got, uh, I got Eric Little's biography for Christmas, and I'm just sort of reading into it. And, and I don't know if you remember the movie. Remember the time his sister, he, his sister who was not at university, so the, the movie took a little bit, little bit of license. She, she was never at university with him. But there was this scene where she talks to him about his running and his sport and, you know, she was concerned that he was getting dragged away from the, the university Christian club and his, his focus was being diverted. And he said, Jenny, I know this. God made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. Wow. See, what has God made you to be? What are the things that you excel at? What are the things that come naturally to you? When you outwork the, the things that God has placed in your life, you live and you move and you work and walk under his pleasure because that's what he gave you to do. And so I begin, began to see that, hang on, maybe there's people out there that, Pastor Julie, I'm going to say this as a whisper because I don't want to upset you, who don't like singing. We've got, a, we've got a friend in, in church, Brad, he, he's a triathlete, and he loves to run. See, I think there's only one reason for running, and that's because someone bigger than you or hungrier than you is chasing you, and then you run. But he, like Pastor Phil, he runs for pleasure. But see, we're, we're not all the same. We, we're going to throw up, I want you to look at these scriptures, because I want you to begin to see that Maybe some things that you thought were the way it is are not the way it is. So let's go to the next scripture. 
this has really got nothing to do with a secret place, but I want to focus a little bit on the nature of God. It says, uh, Paul writes in Ephesians, I pray that out of his glorious riches, say glorious riches with me, glorious riches, he would strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And the next scripture. God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety. Another passage talks about the manifold wisdom of God. I put all the words there. So one version says manifold wisdom. Another version says the multifaceted wisdom of God. There's another version that says all of God's wisdom in its innumerable aspects. And then lastly, the wisdom of God in its rich variety. You see, God is multifaceted. He's not one-dimensional. He doesn't just go, oh, I love worship. I love it when they come in and sing. I love it when Pastor Julie sings. I love it when Pastor Phil dances before me. <laughs> but, but no, God is rich in his variety and he's so diverse and he made you who you are. So some people don't like to sing, and, I, and, I, and I'm beginning to understand that. Now, I'm not saying that they don't like the worship time. They don't get anything out of the worship time. Don't misunderstand me. But some of us just get right into it and sing, and we do harmonies, and we, we get right into that thing. But there's some people that, that go down to, what's, the, what's it called down here? It always reminds me of um, the Princess Bride. Is it the Forest of Tranquility? Yeah, like the cliffs of insanity or something, you know, the forest of tranquility. But, but you know, there, some people just like to go and walk in the bush. And when they do, they feel God come. They feel God come. Some people go out and sit on a plank of fiberglass in the water with their legs dangling down where the sharks can eat them. We've got any of them here? But when they do that, God comes and they sense his pleasure. See, he's multifaceted. So all I want to talk, all I, I said all of that today to say this. We're going to go to another scripture now and that's going to be our main kind of thesis for the morning. But I want you to hold all of those things in tension with this, that it's not going to look the same for everybody it's going to look different depending on how you're wired, but the outcome will be the same, yeah? Okay, let's go. You ready? This is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. I, I love this verse. I come back to it often, and uh, I just keep reading it, and I just love it. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, let me give you some context to that. <clears throat> Moses went up into the, to, to the presence of God. He got with God, and when he did, his face shone. And so what he, he was a bit embarrassed that when he came, he came out of the presence of God and just came back down into normal life and slowly the, the glory of God s sort of faded away from his face. And he was a bit embarrassed because the glory of God was fading away because he, you know, he realized he leaked like most of us. And so he put a little veil up so people couldn't see the glory departing from him. But what, what Paul, the way Paul uses this is he says that for the Jews, for the, for the Jewish people, that veil became a barrier, a separation between them and God. And so that when the gospel is proclaimed, 
Paul says the veil is over their eyes, the veil is over their heart, and they can't understand the message because the veil's there. But he says, but when anybody turns to the Lord, and I'm going to show you in a minute what that means, and and you're going to go, hang on, this is a lot simpler than I thought it was. You're going to go, "This, this turning to the Lord business, this is a lot easier than I thought it was. And you're going to be right. So the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. Do we have any William Wallace's in the group this morning? Freedom! It's better with blue paint, but there you go. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now the Lord is the Spirit. We could swing that around. We could say the Spirit is the Lord. You know, we, we, we understand that we serve a God that's manifested in three ways. We have God the Father, yeah? God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Son proceeded from the Father, and the Spirit proceeded from the Father and the Son. So that, and this blow my mind, I was thinking about this this morning, just lying in the bath, you know, chilling back, thinking about this. And, and I thought, you know what? The Holy Spirit is the ultimate Emmanuel. You think, you know, God, the, the woman will have a, have a son and the virgin will give birth and we, he, he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And, and then the disciples come up and Jesus say, I'm going away. And if I don't go, the spirit can't come. And guys, he is the ultimate Emmanuel. Because while I walk with you, the spirit's going to come and live in you. Everywhere you go, you will take God with you. Emmanuel, God with us. So when we talk about the Spirit, we're, just, we're talking about that aspect of God that lives within us. Prawinyam Borisut. Okay? That's what he's called in Thai. Just helping out there. Okay, keep, going, keep looking. Therefore, if any... Uh, okay, sorry, I got confused. Stop, roll that back a sec. I want to talk about this unveiled face thing just for a second. Because remember I said it was a lot easier than we thought to turn to the Lord? This is, this is what Paul says about being born again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ. Now, in Christ, this, this, let, me, let me demonstrate what Christ is to in Christ. So here I am. I'm like Pastor Phil in the 70s. I'm walking along, cruising. You know, I'm not going to say what you might have been doing in the 70s. I'll, we'll just keep that, yeah. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Jesus meets us. And we go, oh, this is not the way I need to go. And we turn and we follow Jesus. That's what it means to be in Christ. You mean that's it? That's it. It's when you turn and follow Jesus. But, but don't I have to be perfect? Yeah, p- perfect's down there. We'll get there. God, I'll show you in a minute what God's doing to make you perfect. But this is, this is simply what it means. I turn to the Lord. And when I turn to the Lord, bam, I'm a new creature. How does that work? Because maybe... Maybe when you turned to the Lord, you were still smoking, you were still drinking, you were still maybe doing some stuff that, that today you wouldn't be proud about, and today you don't even want to talk about. But you have to understand what's happening. Inside, bam, God's made you 
a new creation. Where once you weren't his, now you are his. As simple as that. If you don't believe me, we're going to look at a few more verses. So that in the mouth of every, two or three witnesses, every fact is confirmed. Okay, so let's go. For talking about Jesus, he has rescued, rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. He transferred us. Now, some of you will, may know, but because you've known me for a while, others, others of you, I am a football tragic. I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal supporter. I get up in the middle of the night and watch all their games. And uh, in, in EPL football, you know, they have, they have 20 teams and some of them are good teams and some of them are Arsenal in the middle. And, uh, and some of them are really not so great teams, okay? So one of the great things that can happen for a good player who's playing in one of the not so great teams is called the transfer season or the transfer window. We are in the transfer window now. And what, what happens sometimes is that the, the big teams, with all the money, see some guy running around playing with these not-so-good teams who've got some real skill. And so they pull out their checkbook and they say, we'll give you multiplied millions of pounds to sign this guy. And all of a sudden, they're transferred out of the kingdom of darkness, which is kind of known as Watford or Norwich, and they're transferred into the kingdom of light, which these days, unfortunately, is, is Liverpool. <laughs> you know, swings and roundabouts. They were, they were a mess for 20 years. So, okay. So, so it's, it's like they're, they're transferred. So he's gone from being with Watford to being with Liverpool. You know, transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And let me tell you, it can happen in a day. It can happen in a moment. Just like that. Okay, next verse. This is Jesus speaking. He says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me. So, listen and believe. What's missing out of this equation? Can anybody see? Listen and believe. What else? There is nothing else. What about do? Surely there's some things we've got to do. We've got to give, we've got to fast, we've got to pray, we've got to be holy, whatever that means. Which for me meant you, your secret place was singing and worship and not sitting on a surfboard. But no, God simply says this. If you hear my word and you believe it, they will never be condemned for their sin because they have what? Already. What a great word. Already. Already. How, how, how long does it take to believe? What do you reckon? No, no, a moment. Absolutely right. Now, it might take years to come to the place where you're willing to believe, but the actual, the actual act of believing... Is in a moment. It's in a moment. It's like literally. Right. And see, in that, already passed. Already passed. Okay, from death to life. Let's keep going. 
if that other one was number one, this is number two, okay? Therefore, there is now, how much condemnation? No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Remember, how do we get in Christ Jesus? That's it. We believe, we hear and believe, we're in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So the old ways, so, you know, remember we talked about if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, okay? The old creation was under the law of sin and death. The new creation comes under a completely different set of ordinances, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, okay? So, and, and this is really interesting. I, I kind of found this when I was researching. I never knew this, you know. I've been a Christian for more than 23 years. And... Um, that word there will set you free is singular. It's not like, you know, it's not like the southern you are. It's, it's you. So when Paul's writing this, he starts off, therefore, there is now condemnation for those. But by the time he gets to the end, he's got it right down. And he's, he's eyeballing you and he's talking straight into your heart and he's saying, he will set you free. You free. You free from the law of sin and death. Okay. And what's the outcome of that? Let's see. Let's see what the outcome of all of those five verses is. Let us therefore, Pastor Julie said it this morning, let us therefore come boldly, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly into the secret place. Whatever that looks like for you, come boldly to that place where God is that we might obtain mercy and find Grace to help. Has anybody stood in need of mercy and grace to help ever once in your life? Like got to the end of the day and you go, God, I need mercy today. Today was not a good day. Today was one of those days uh, we we were talking this morning and um, we were talking about how a day can go so long but a year can go by so quick. What is that? But, you know, we've all had those days, haven't we, where... We, we, we went to bed at night and recognised uh, our least favourite self in the day. And so we just say, God, I need your mercy today. I, I, just before I pray about anything else, I just need your mercy. And if I don't get your mercy, I might just die. We've been there, haven't we? We've all been there. But more than that, that we might find grace to help. Anybody found you've needed that? Yeah? Grace to help. Grace to help. You know, I've come to the conclusion that we can't get through this life just on our own. Paddling around canoe, just going our own way. Because we're limited to only that which we can supply. But see, when we, when we tap into grace to help in the secret place, we get a resource that we've got no ability to generate and we cannot even contain. It comes over us like waves. It washes over us like a... Like a, 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 a in, the, in the old hymns, they used to say, a billowing wave, just over and over again. It washes over us and it fills us up and it overflows out of us and it overflows into our kids and it overflows into our grandkids and pretty soon we're standing looking around and who are all these people that God gave me? Because this thing just, this grace just overflows. 
this endless stream of grace that God has for us. All of that comes because we turned and the veil was taken away and we could come into the holy place. We could come into the secret place and do business with God. Now we're going to go back to the Corinthians passage and start to look at what God wants to do. Okay? Is that all right? So, but we all with unveiled face, unveiled face, no longer are we ashamed to come into God's presence. And, and let me just stop here for a second, because if you're anything like me, this has been a major sticking point in your life. And I'll, I'm going to get out on a limb as far to say this, it may have stopped some of you thinking you had the capacity to even go into the holy place and speak to God like a friend. Don't have to put your hand up on this one. I can just read your face right now. Because I've, I've seen that face from this side of it. I know what it feels like. But I hope today as we've unpacked those words that you go, hang on, I've been operating under a false premise here. I've, I've thought I had to be like spotless and without wrinkle and blemish to, to come into the secret place. I praise God for that, that song that I learnt when I was just a little boy. Just as I am, without one plea. Just as I am. O Lamb of God, I come. God is willing to take who we are, when we are, and he doesn't quibble about it. He, he, he's willing to let us come down and initiate the contact and he comes down because he says, because of my new covenant, because of what Jesus is going to do, this is what he said through Jeremiah, you will seek me and you will find me. If you search for me with all of your heart, I will be found of you. Promise, promise, he will come. So, so let's go, we, 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 the veil's gone down and we go, okay, God, I'm going to believe you for this. I'm going to find that place where, where I feel like I can just be me with you. Now, you, you, you might get, in, get it riding, you might get it sliding, you might get it milking it. No, that was a, that's a whole different thing, wasn't it? Okay. So, no, that was different. Um, but with that place that's unique to us where we feel us, where I feel me, you know, I, 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 there's no pretense. I haven't got a veil up here. I'm just coming into God and I'm saying, God, I trust you. Remember, trust is the outworking of faith. I trust you. I trust in what Jesus has told me already. I'm already transferred from death into life. I've, I've already moved out of the law of sin and death and now I'm traveling in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I've already been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God's dear son. I'm trusting that word. So therefore, I'm boldly coming into that place to meet you today. And God, I'm going to dare to speak to you face to face like a friend. Knowing that you're not going to kill me. Knowing. Because see, at church sometimes we do a, uh, a disservice to people. We imply that God is so incredibly holy and we are so abjectly miserable that we're lucky that we come into God's presence and he doesn't kill us. Because God said to, this is, this is one of the funniest things in the Bible, God says to Moses, Moses, I'm going to let you take these people up to Canaan, but I'm not going to go with you because I'm afraid I might just kill them on the way. 
They must have been a group. They must have been some group, eh? You thought you had a congregation. They must have been some... The, the church in the wilderness must have been some group. God was only jiving with him because he wanted to get something out of Moses. But sometimes we think that's what we're like and we're not like that. So God, we come into his presence. The Spirit's there. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is liberty. And we now with our veil down, speaking to God face to face, we behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And listen to this. And we are... No, no, go back. Stay with that verse. We are transformed into the same image by the Spirit who is the Lord. So what happens? How does this work? We go into that place with God where we can sit and talk with him face to face as a friend. And, you know, when you're talking to your friends, has anybody got a really, really close friend? Where, you know... One of those friends you can talk and you can go, I've got, I got to be honest, it's mostly women that have friends like this. Because most of us blokes are still carrying veils around, you know. And, and they'll say, oh, I had a shocking day today and begin to talk about what they felt and their emotions and how that made them feel. And, uh, and if you're a man, by now you stop thinking about that and you're thinking about something else because that's like way too much time to, to devote to that conversation. Correct. But, but the reality is that's where God wants us to come. He wants us to come and talk to him about some of these things. Because, you know, we're not, we're not just awed by his presence. We're having his glory reflected to us. And we go, wow, that's your glory. Moses, just after this story about the tent, <clears throat> Moses said, show me your glory. And God took him up, on, he's up on the mountain and God said, I'm going to hide my, my face from you, but I'm going to show you my, kind of literally he said my backside, but you know, I don't think he meant like backside like we think, but he, he's, he's rear part. He said, I'll, I'll let you see the bit that's passed by. And as he was declare, moving past and showing his glory, do you remember what he said? This is, this is if, if you get nothing out of today, Take this one away with you, because this is his glory. He said, I'm going to cause all my goodness to pass before you. What is God's glory? It's his goodness. And one who is so full of goodness that it radiates out of him like glory will never kill you if you're his friend. And remember how easy it was to become his friend? Already passed, already transferred. So there we stand and, and God re- reveals something back to us like, an, like a mirror does. And we are being transformed into the same image. Now, now earlier, remember we were talking, what about doing? What about perfection? What about cleaning up my life? This is where it happens. This is where it happens, where we go and talk to him face to face and and he shows us something about himself and we go, oh God, I'm not like that. And God says, well, let's talk about that for a while. God, would you, you think I can really be like that? I'm confident. In fact, I'm so committed to it. This is the only thing I want to do with you. 
God's only interested in doing one thing to you. One. He says, I want to conform you to the image of my son. That's all he wants to do. He's not interested in anything else. He's not saying, you have to become like Jesus to get into this place. No, 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 no. He's smart enough to know that only Jesus could be like Jesus. He says, I want to, I want to, well, let's have a conversation here while the Spirit's here moving with power. You're moving in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are here touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you because you're the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Here we are face to face with our friend who's the way maker, the promise keeper, the miracle worker, the light in the darkness. That who is who he is. And he wants to come and sit down with us. A couple of more things and then we're done. Just that last, that last slide. I just want to show you three different mirrors that God uses. Number one, he uses the mirror of the word of Christ. And so if you don't read the Bible, you are missing out on one of the mirrors. Um, uh, uh, this is just a, a, a personal thing. I've noticed that many Christians today, certainly the, in where we are currently, a lot of them don't have a regular time of reading the Bible. What? That's, that's one of the major mirrors. Why, why, why would you not read the Bible? Just get into the Bible. Read it. Read it with, read it with one eye on yourself, you know, because it's a mirror. It will reflect back to you who you are. And as we read it, God begins to talk about who he is and we go, whoa, fantastic. I'm not like that. Okay, let's have a conversation while we're here face to face and let's see what we can do about that the second one is the, the the mirror of the spirit of christ the spirit just begins to talk to us and you know that's the great thing about the emmanuel god with us he can talk to us any time of the day we can be just like sitting on a bus going to work all of a sudden something drops into our spirit holy spirit drops some some life-changing thing you know who's ever done the why when you're sitting there and God drops something into your spirit and you go, wow, It's embarrassing on a bus, I've got to tell you. And then lastly, the mirror of the body of Christ. You know, God uses us to reflect him to one another. And we, we see someone, you know, and we go, oh, I'd like what she's having or oh, I want what he's having. In the secret place. God, I want what she's having. Really? I can help you with that. Father, I, I'd like what he's having. Would you? I can do that. I'm the way maker. Oh, God, I, I'm not sure you could do it to me. You know, I, I'm not like Pastor Julie. She's really beautiful and glamorous and so confident. He says, don't worry about it. I'm the miracle worker. I can do anything I want to do. As Jesus was talking to the disciples, they said, God, this is impossible. Who can do this? And he says, you're absolutely right. With men, 
Everything's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things. Julie, do you want to? Sorry, Julie. Wrong, wrong Jay. If the band want to come back, we're going to just go out this morning with my makeup. Because I really love that song. And it was the only one I knew that you sang today, so that's helpful. But I sure did like those other songs. Where do they come from? Are they in-house or? Okay. Okay. Excellent. Can we, can we stand this morning? I want to pray over you and I want to give you an opportunity just to let the Holy Spirit come and touch you. First thing, you know, If you've struggled with this concept of the veil and you felt like a different way of thinking to what we've spoken about this morning, as, we, as I pray this morning, I want you to ask God one thing. Say, God, would you include me in that prayer? If you know you've had trouble thinking that you're worthy to come into God's presence or you're good enough to come into God's presence, all of that thinking is just, just wrong. There's no other way to say it. It's, it's just like wrong. It's got nothing to do with who God is. Because He, he wants to manifest and, and display all His goodness towards you, not His badness towards you, not His judgment towards you. Because in fact, if you've turned and you're in Christ, you've already passed out of judgment and into life. And now there's no condemnation towards you. But, but, but Steve, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. When Jesus hung on the cross, when he died, when he made himself a sacrifice for you, the Bible says that he took upon himself the sin of the whole world. So that means historical sin. That means current sin. That means future sin. See, God's already made provision for stuff that you wicked people haven't even thought of doing yet. But you will. He's already forgiven that in advance. And He's drawn you into His presence and said, I just want to meet you like a friend. Yeah? Father, I pray for, for anyone here this morning that's, that's had thinking where they thought that they were not worthy to come into your presence. Holy Spirit, because you are the Lord, I ask that you would meet them today. And God, that you would bring freedom and liberty to their thinking. God, I ask that the stronghold of unworthiness, God, would be pulled down in the name of Jesus Christ. God, because you've made a way for us. You've made a way for us. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't feel that you're working, you never stop.
individual in this place that knows you. God, the ones that have come to know you this morning, who've said, I believe what God has said today. God, would you meet with them face to face and transform them into your own image and the image of your son by the Lord, who is the spirit in Jesus name. Amen. hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.